Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Men Feel. I'm your host, Andy Grant. If you are new to Real Men Feel, Real Men Feel was really created as a place to encourage and allow men to feel and allow for all of their emotions. That's what we're about. This show is live every week. We're recorded at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. You can catch us at the live show at realmenfeel.org show. That is the URL for any week. And you can catch the replays via realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. That will take you directly to iTunes. You'll see the entire history of shows, and that's the best way to do that. You certainly do not need to be a man to participate, to watch, to listen, to learn, to grow, right? We welcome everybody, but it's just about men, and it's hosted by men because I'm a man, and my co-host, Apio Hunter, is also a man. Hello, Apio. I'm glad I discovered that. Hello. <laughs> in case you forgot. <laughs> right, exactly. That's to be reminded every once in a while. Awesome. So I'm really excited about today's guest. I discovered him via a viral video, uh, as I think the world discovered him via that viral video. It was called Where Are the Men? And every time I watched it, I just was like, they're right here. I'm right here. This is like, you're calling to us. We got to get you. So I reached out and uh, to Kaim Dunbar. So hi, I'm Dunbar. Let's give you the full treatment. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excited to be here with you guys. Awesome, awesome. So you are an artistic activist. Yes. And I, I, I've not heard that description or that term. I, that's, that's really cool. Thank you. Basically, what it means in a nutshell is I am a performing artist and content creator. I'm a spoken word artist. I'm an actor. I'm a recording artist. Um, I've also gone into the realm of directing and producing. And I like to use my skill sets to create content or performance vehicles that are uplifting, socially responsible, and life-affirming. So in that way, um, I'm an artistic activist. I'm also very interested in social and political um, um, issues in our society. So I make content that really speaks to some of the things that confront us in our daily life and historically. Awesome. So as in, I, I first heard of you and discovered you maybe a month ago. Yeah. Where are the men? This this viral call to men. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can find it at realmenfeel.org. Um, don't go there right now, but catch it later. <laughs> so, so you kind of tell us how, how that came about, how you got involved in that? It was um, a personal journey that started really about two years ago. Um, I found myself in a dark place, um, which is to say I was unfulfilled and I was out of alignment with my true self. Um, like many men, I had kind of bought in to the zeitgeist of a limited emotional existence. That is to say, I was operating from a place of physicality, from a place of just kind of brute strength and testosterone and really wasn't embracing the whole of my being. And that left me very confused, very frustrated, um, even struggled with bouts of depression. And it was really just me recognizing that I needed a more expansive reality to exist in. Um, you know, and this is something that we get indoctrinated into as men at a very young age. A lot of time, not even conscious of the fact, but just because of the world around us, we buy into a lot of the stereotypes. We buy into a lot of the thinking um, of what manhood is supposed to be. And so I had done that. And um, it wasn't serving me. I, I was beginning to act out. And really, if I really 
hone in on one particular thing, um, I would say that it was me coming up on 40 years of age. My father had passed away in his 40s, his early 40s, and I never mourned his death because I had never been known, never been shown how to mourn. No one had ever given me permission to cry. No one had ever, ever given me permission to feel vulnerable or to feel sad. You know, it's always tough it out. You know, it's pull up your bootstraps or man up or this, that, and the other. And even though he passed away when I was 18 years old, I had internalized a lot of pain, um, which left me really wounded and scarred. I thought I had processed it all, but then as I was coming up on 40 years of age, all of these emotions started to bubble to the surface. And it took me a while to even make the connection that it was related to my, my father, because I really didn't. I just was kind of acting out. I thought maybe I was unhappy in my marriage, but I wasn't. I have a beautiful wife and she's fantastic. I thought maybe it was because I wasn't fulfilled in my, in my career, um, which was true, but that wasn't really the trigger. Um, and then I kind of identified it and then I really began this sort of personal growth, internal exploration of trying to, one, understand what was happening. Then as I began to get a little more clarity around it, I really began to dive in deeper and try to figure out, okay, well, how do I address that? How do I process this, move through it, and then release it so I can come out on the other side? Well, I've always been a writer um, from a very young age. I've always done poetry and and written stories and things like that. And so that was the first thing I turned to. The poem that you speak of, Where the Men, actually was, the, even though it's not long in length, it's about five, three, five to three minutes, it took me two years to write that poem. Wow. And I'm actually, not to blow my horn, but I'm kind of a prolific writer. I can write 10 poems in a day. Um, but this one challenged me in a way that I had never been challenged before. And I knew that it was significant because of the fact it was so challenging for me. I couldn't write it initially because a lot of the qualities that are expressed in the poem, I was not honoring in myself. I was not meeting those standards from myself. And so in order to really write from an authentic place, which is what I try to do, I realized I had to do some work. I had to do a lot of personal growth work. and it was not pretty. Let me tell you, it was. <laughs> and it rarely is. Yeah, not pretty. Um, it took me to a lot of different places, highs and lows. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of resistance. It was really just a letting go. It was a, a letting go of insecurities. Um, it was a letting go of of self doubt. Um, you know, thoughts of unworthiness and things like that. But in doing so, you know, and that happened through a series of events, and, you know, I can expand on that, but one thing just led to another, and gradually one line of the poem after the other, after the other, after the other began to come out of me. And every time a part of the poem came out, I felt this lightness come over me. It was almost like being liberated and a mountain being lifted off my shoulders. And I would cry, you know, I'd have these moments of just, tears and anxiety because I knew that I was striving for a breakthrough, but like I said, it was, it was painful to get there and I hadn't had anyone give me a blueprint on how to get there. Mm -hmm. So there was no roadmap, but I, I knew that there was work involved and a, a lot of surrender. So one thing led to another, the poem eventually came out. I, I love that you really share your story because I think it, it's so easy. It, uh, I, I know that every teacher and leader 
gets to that point by going through their own personal pain and kind of you heal yourself. You, you find yourself more empowered and then you can kind of share it and be authentic and vulnerable. But to watch your powerful performance in that video, it's easy to assume, wow, that guy was just born a motivational speaker. He just got it all going. It's always been that way. You know? Yeah, that's, you know, I've always, I am a performer, so I'm very comfortable on stage. I'm very comfortable in front of the camera, but it's very different when you're expressing a truth and you're being vulnerable in front of the camera, in front of a lot. I could totally take on a character easily, you know, and not feel, not have the same sort of, not have the same sort of resistance to that. But um, what you see in that, porm- in that performance is really a coming together with my true self. There, there's a, so a few things played a, a role in this. As I was working myself through this process, I recognized that there were a lot of men around me and in circles outside of my own that were having the same sort of struggle. And then I really began to kind of look at the world we live in and I was like, where where are we getting these social cues from that all of us are meeting the same problem, the same resistance, the same fear? Some of us are unaware of the fact, right? We're moving through life and we have no idea that, that we're not actually fully emotionally evolved. Um, and so, yeah, I've always been able to perform, but this required me accessing a different part of my being. And so what you see, that veracity and that intensity is really me being able to access all of that truth from a really, really honest place. Cool. So it's, it's more, you stopped acting. Yeah. You stepped into to you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There, there's no... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say a great way of putting it was you were acting and mm-hmm. then you stopped. Exactly. I began to embody my truth as opposed to giving a performance. I remember when we shot it, um, my partners, my partners in, in the production of the film, Akira Chan and Renee, they were in tears. And what you don't see is after that performance, I broke out into tears as well because it was such a visceral sort of experience for me to be that visible and that vulnerable, um, you know, in front of other people. And so it was a very emotional and cathartic sort of thing. The, the tears were tears of release. They weren't mm. sadness or anything like that. It was just a, a liberation that I felt that was very comforting and empowering, but emotional. Yeah. A true cleanse, in other words. Exactly. Well said, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Abio, do, do you remember uh, the first time you saw that video? Like what? How it I had I had a very visceral response as well. I mean, I literally it's just like I felt chills down my spine. I felt like it was like one of those situations where, oh my gosh, here's somebody who's finally speaking a truth, even though it is. And and I knew it was your truth. It was nevertheless a truth that is shared by so many men. Yeah. So share that. You know, we we go through these these expectations that are put on us that we're they're supposed to be half a human being mm-hmm. not being emotional by suppressing those emotions and how often does that surface and how often do the symptoms of that repression of our, of our true selves our authentic self turn out in in terms of as you said for you it's like acting out for others it's it's turning to alcoholism or, or lashing out becoming very violent mm-hmm. or so many different ways yeah, 
so, so, I mean, it struck me so hard and uh, yeah, I was like, wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking that truth that so many men feel that are at times afraid, too afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, that I'm really, that makes me feel really good to hear you say that because that's what it, once I wrote the poem and got it out of my pen and out of my heart, I realized that it was actually a call for men in general, that it was no longer just a personal um, anthem for myself, but that it was a bigger call for men all over the world. And the response to it, you know, echoes that that is a truth because there's been a tremendous amount of response to the video. Um, but I know so many men, like I said, that are having this struggle and aren't able to articulate it or don't, haven't been permission in this modern world yet to kind of show up in that sort of way. And so um, I really feel called to sort of champion that ideas. And like I said, I was looking at the world around us, me being a performing artist, media is something that is, is a medium that I'm very comfortable in and one that I understand the power that it has to influence people and inspire people. And often, most times in the media, mainstream media, what we celebrate is the hypersexual or the hyper physical or mm -hmm. the um the person that has a lot of financial success mm -hmm. or has acquired a lot of things through their winner take all sort of attitude and what we don't celebrate or give any sort of value to is the heart-centered man the vulnerable man, the man that's able to communicate well, the man that's tender, the man that's able to to um, go within himself and sort of also have relationships with other men that are meaningful and intimate in a loving brotherly way. And so yeah. as us looking at the world around us, we think that, okay, that's, that's the only way we can be represented as men is if we're super hyper-masculine or if we're super hyper-sexual or if we're super hyper, you fill in the blank. And so my mission is to really use media um, as a way to demonstrate a different archetype of what masculine can look like. And in doing so, hopefully give men a lot of liberation to just be a different version of themselves, hopefully a better version of themselves. A more authentic and more complete version of themselves. Absolutely. So, so what, what has been some of the specific responses and, and invitations you've had since, since this video has taken off? Well, I'm right here on Real Man Feel. <laughs> well, it, it, this is the peak. I, well, I hope it's not the peak. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a highlight of it. Um, but I've gotten quite a few invitations to speak. Um, there's also, I've been on several podcasts. There's, I'm in the pipeline of possibly giving a TED Talk. Um, I will definitely keep you all posted on that, but I'm, I'm sort of on their radar now. And so there's some, some things that I have to do in order to qualify myself to be on that platform, but I'm hoping that that's, that's, um, takes place. Also, if, I don't know if your, your viewers are aware of the Good Man Project and the Mankind Project. We, we've heard yes. yeah. Okay, yes. fantastic. Um, well, the Good Man Project has actually reached out and we're partnering right now in developing a program that'll be a series, an ongoing series moving forward um, that'll include some live, some live workshops as well as some writing exercises and prompts for the community that are all part of the Good Man Project. Uh, so that's tr tremendous and a highlight. Also, I'm developing 
a program right now called Man Amongst Men, a workshop as well. Um, that'll be a live in-person workshop. And I'm discussing how to make that a, a online program as well, just so that it's more accessible for more men. Haven't quite figured all of that out at the moment, but mm-hmm. it's right here in LA, which is where I am. We're definitely going to do some in-person workshops um, at Agape International, which is a, a non-denominational. Exactly. Yes. Um, which is a non-denominational spiritual community that I'm a part of, I'm a member of. And um, Reverend Leon, who's one of the, the reverends there, kind of opened up the community to me and said, hey, whatever you want to do, we support you and you have a space here to do it. Wow. So it's, it's been a, a tremendous blessing, tremendous blessing. Has there been any sort of a backlash, any negativity about this coming away? None whatsoever. Yeah. None whatsoever. Um, you know, I don't really... I know the social media space <laughs> can yeah. attract a whole lot of negative energy. I feel really fortunate that that has not happened. Um, but I also, you know, one of the things that, that I, I, I would like to have happen is to have more men. Women's response to this has been tremendous, let me just say, because women are like, oh my God, yes, men are standing up and being heart centered. And within the transformational community, or I should say the the converted community of men, there's been a lot of feedback. But outside of that bubble, there hasn't been a lot of interaction. And that's what I really want to tap into. I want to tap into the people that do not speak our language, the men that have not started this journey yet, but definitely can benefit from it. And so I'm really thinking of ways and talking with some other people that can help maybe facilitate that actually happening. Yeah, we, we feel yeah. your pain and challenge in that area because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in Massachusetts and I, I do a workshop called To Be a Man and getting guys to look at their definition of what does it mean to be a man. Mm-hmm. And um, I lead a men's group in, in one metaphysical bookstore. And if all the women that were excited about it and said their man should be at it and all that, you know, they'd be sold out every, all the time. Right, right. You know, so I'll have you know, 20 women saying, this is a must. I'm going to send people. And then two guys are there. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. And it's funny because I face the exact same situation here in Salt Lake City where I am. Same thing. I constantly am running into lots of women. It's like, I'm going to send my husband. I'm going to send my boyfriend. I've got to send my brother or whoever. One, two show up right. <laughs> okay you know it, it's okay because it's with those baby steps and you know the pyramid wasn't one solid block right two million mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that uh i'm sorry were you no, go ahead go ahead one of the things i'm really really strategizing on that in fact with with a woman um who's very much interested in, in having men come into the fold and just kind of be exposed to this. One of the things that I talk about in, in one of my, my talks that I gave, which is online and you can actually see it on Facebook, um, is just that in how necessary it is for us to reach out to those men who aren't already in the community. So, you know, one of her ideas was to use women as a Trojan horse to kind of get the women to kind of solicit the men to come in. But then I don't want to misdirect men and have them come in and think it's something that is not. And then once they get in there, they're like, wait a minute, I've been duped, you know, and, and then it, the walls go up. So, um, yeah. well, it's the old idea of like, you know, sell people what they want and give them what they need. So, exactly. yep. <laughs> don't the don't, I'm not tricking you, I'm helping you, but you don't realize you need that help yet. Right. So, when I figure it out, how to get them how to get them in i'll definitely share that with you guys right you know fun, you know sarah's been making some great comments in here and i, I love my the mom, fact, by the way 
Oh, oh, you have two Sarahs in here. We have Sarah, and then we have Sarah Rose. So it's, okay, well, Sarah. Hi, mom. It's great to meet you. Yay, mom. Sarah. <laughs> Hello, and then Sarah Rose has been you know, some, making some great comments, especially about some of those standards that we men are are, are supposed to live up to. Supposed to live up to. You know, if you're not a man, if you show vulnerability, you know, only women feel and everything else. And the fact that we're having this conversation, so many women re resonate with that. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and, you know, but again, going back to, you know, circling back around, here's the challenge. Do we use the Trojan horse? Do we use, how can we break through that bubble, if you will, to, to reach the men who could really genuinely appreciate it, who want to have that voice, but who need to be given permission to have that voice. And well, the permission needs to come from them, and they don't yeah. realize they can give it to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes it has one to come from things, outside first, right? One of the things that I, that I do realize and recognize is, is the men that are already holding that space need to be visible, which is why I wanted that my first communication to be a poem, a medium that could be seen by other men and just like you guys are doing with your real your real men feel platform where there's actual a visual representation of what it looks like because i think a lot of times you have you know we'll have stories in our head we'll have our own interpretation of what does heart-centered mean and blah 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 blah, blah. and it, it may be contrary to what it actually represents and there's a lot of different men there's a wide spectrum of how we show up right so me as an african-american man I was like, let me put out a visual representation for all men, but particularly men of color to be able to see, yeah. okay, this is what it looks like. It's not what you may think it is. You know, I, I, I resemble you, I speak like you, I move like you, I carry myself like you. I'm just operating from a different place. I also come from the same places you do, but here's my journey, here's my story. And I think it's really important for us who are really trying to call those men in to share our backstories of how we arrived at this place, because then we find common ground with other men. Without sharing our stories, then they just think, you know, like you said, you can watch that video and think, oh, he's always been in that space. He's always had that voice. <laughs> no, I was a very womanizing, you know, self-centered, egomaniacal guy before I did the work necessary to arrive in the place that I find myself now. You know, and so when you tell people the stories, you become more relatable and then, and then it becomes, huh, there's a possibility, you know, this is something yeah. I can identify with. Yeah. Well, hey, we said your, your mom has actually raised her hand, so we're going to oh. unmute her so she can, she can hey. talk. <laughs> Go ahead. Hello? We Hello? can hear you. Oh, you can. Oh, my God. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect that. Hey, mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I'm in work, so let me go into the conference room here so I can speak. Um, I just uh, posted something. Uh, you know, I, I am very excited that my son has uh, come to this uh, path and destiny. It's one that um, I think has been there for a very, very long time. And like a lot of men, maybe he has pushed it aside because he wanted, you know, he wanted to fit within the stereotype of what it is to be a man and what a man is supposed to do and all that other stuff. And I understand that because you get celebrated from other men by doing that. And that's, and you know, and that's important. We all want to be celebrated by the people that we love and, and respect and by the community at home. But at the same time, there are so many walking wounded men 
who don't even know that they're walking wounded. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through countless marriages. They go through countless relationships. They go through countless problems with their children. And they never take the time to stop and look at themselves and realize that sometimes I'm, I'm the problem. And I need to take a look at myself and figure out what it is that I want, who I want to be, and how to go about doing that. And for a man to be able to step outside of the stereotype meme and make these new choices, I give all of y'all serious, serious props because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I just wish, like you were saying, that there was a way to get to those men because all of y'all are preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we you gotta stop the moms. <laughs> Are moms the secret weapon? <laughs> you know, maybe it's the moms. Maybe it's the moms. Maybe not the wives. Maybe it's the moms because the moms see the pains that you know we, that our sons and our husbands are going through, mm. and you know sometimes. And I think sometimes we can be the problem because as mothers, we can be nurturers and as wives, we can be nurturers and we want to put our arms around you and hold you and comfort you. And sometimes what we need to do is just say, uh, get up off your ass and let's get this together. <laughs> but no, that some, always... sometimes, sometimes people need to hit the bottom and feel that pain. And if someone exactly. doesn't always hit you, you know, that can be a detriment at some point. Exactly. exactly. That's, really... That's so right. So um, I, I just applaud all of you for um, taking the time to um, put this out there and reach the men. But you know, I think one of the things that, that needs to be on the back burner is that you have to start reaching to the young kids. Yes. I mean, sure. this has got to be something that starts in the home with young boys. If there's a way to get these programs in a school, I, read, I, I saw on Facebook there's a program called the Gentleman's Club. And it's about a man, this is an African-American man who works primarily in schools where they're African-American youth. All the kids have to dress a certain way. They come to school every day with a shirt and a tie on. They come to school with um, pants on and they come to school with shoes on. The hair, is, the hair is cut a certain way because he wants to present an, an image, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's an inward image. When you look in the mirror and see yourself, dressed properly, your clothes are ironed, your clothes are clean, and then he's teaching these guys how to be gentlemen, how to be men and how to be gentlemen and what that means. And this is a program that he has started in some of the schools. I think it's back east, I'm not sure. But if you guys could get this program that you guys have into uh, schools as well, to get these young boys before they buy into this uh, macho BS stuff, Mm-hmm. I think that it would, I mean, we're looking at generations from here on in as opposed, you know, because right now, yes, we can start with some of the men and hopefully these men will go back home and teach their children. But for some of these young men who may not have fathers in the home or may have fathers who, you know, might be on drugs or alcohol, who may not be as present as they should be, they need this. They're looking for this. And so please give, give a lot of thought to trying to get these programs into school. Here, 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 here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank Amen you. to that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. You're very welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> Love, son. <laughs> Thank you, mom. Love you. So, yeah, I, I, I totally, you know, I echo what she said just about young men and my Man Amongst Men program. I, I'm actually really gearing it towards uh, 16-year-olds and up oh. um, because I want to have 
young men in community of older men to kind of give them visual cues and instructions on how to be a fully evolved and fully expressed man in the modern era. You know, a lot of times for me, I'll speak for myself, um, when I was operating in that place, that emotional deficit, it served me for a part of my life. Like it really did serve me. But as I got older and times have changed, it began to feel uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. And I realized I needed to sort of make some sort of adjustments to my behavior because it was uncomfortable. It wasn't serving me. I want to give you a takeaway. Whenever I talk, I like to give people very practical things to take away. There's a wonderful book. My mother actually, um, I think she introduced it to me, um, called The 21 Day Consciousness Cleanse by Debbie Ford. It is a tremendous book. I describe it, it's, it's very much a workbook. Um, mm-hmm. I describe it as if your brain were a computer, metaphorically speak, which it is, but if your brain was actually a computer, a hard drive, this book, The 21 Day Consciousness Cleanse, is the antivirus. It actually goes into your psyche and gives you different practices and different rituals to sort of cleanse out the things that are unhealthy in your psyche that you may have oppressed and buried many, many years ago. And I highly recommend it for men or women. It's not gender specific at all. It's just a wonderful tool. It's a 21 day consciousness cleanse by Debbie Ford. I highly recommend it. Great. Well, we'll add a link to that in, in, the, in the show notes at realmenfeel.org. And so as we come to a close in, in this episode, uh, Kayam, what's the best way, easiest way for people to contact you? What best website is a Facebook page? What? Facebook page, Kayam Dunbar, Facebook slash Kayam Dunbar. Or if you want to stay in touch and learn all the updates and insights and things going on, Kayam F. Dunbar dot com is where you can sign up to be on the mailing list for all my updates um and those are the two best ways to get a hold of me super super awesome well i i know you've got somewhere to get to because this this project has made you a very busy man and uh, <laughs> we wish you well in all those endeavors i um, want to thank you want to thank your mom we've had many guests we have not had a guest and their mom so yeah. i just want to thank i want to thank you guys both both you andy and apio very much for holding this space, having this conversation, and allowing me to participate. I really appreciate you. Thank you, brothers. We're so grateful. And uh, you're going to be back. (laughs) I'm holding you to it. I'm holding you. No doubt. So uh, everyone, join us next week. Uh, We'll be live again Tuesday, August 23rd at 5 p.m. Eastern at realmenfeel.org slash show. And next week, it's going to be Apio and I, and we're going to be talking about men and sadness without victimhood. So I hope you can join us for that. Um, we'll be going deep in some emotional healing and releasing and sharing. Um, again, tremendous having you, Kaim. Tremendous having Sarah. Sarah and Sarah are our common <laughs> folks, all of our viewers, all of our chatters. Uh, thanks again, Apio, for being here and finding us this new platform so quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Yes. Bye-bye.